We play and call it work. Hello, Wargamers, and welcome to the weekly sit and talk. Here with Luca, I mean Wargaming. Uh, I love you for letting me do this. <laughs> I love the sit and talk show so much that uh, I could probably do this all day. I know I've been asked to. I don't have the time. I have not been authorized to do that, so I cannot do that. Uh, and if you're curious what the show is, I'm literally going to sit here for an hour, maybe more. I tend to go over a little bit and answer all the questions you have for me that I may know the answer to. Uh, sometimes I don't always know the answer. And I can maybe answer on behalf of other people as well. It's usually uh, always a good assortment of questions. And I'm going to be doing two things. I am going to be reading comments from the vault members on miniwargaming.com who left comments from last week and I'm going to be answering questions live. So that way, if you aren't actually able to watch this live and you are watching this on YouTube afterwards when we release it, you can always leave questions for the content producers and you can catch their answers next week. So what's going to be happening is next week is going to be Matthew, one of the owners at Mini Wargaming, and you can answer or ask him questions either live at the same time next week or you can leave comments for him underneath this video if you're watching it on YouTube, but make sure you leave the comments on miniwargaming.com on the video there because the comments should be disabled on YouTube. Otherwise, I say we're ready to do this. I'm going to open up Streamlabs right now, and if you're not curious how Streamlabs works, it's... Oh, closed it. There we go. If you want to ask me a question live, you type in the command exclamation mark ask space with your question. Now try and keep the question shorter on the characters because I can only see so much and I'll have to ask Rob, who is also in the room with me, uh, to kind of scroll back up and read the full question for me. Otherwise, we may begin. And uh, if you don't really understand the control, uh, you'll be able to see other people asking comments live on Twitch and you just kind of follow the same format that they're doing. I'm going to start with a couple Streamlab questions, then I'll go to the Vault members, and then back to Streamlab, and then try to go back to the Vault members. I'm going to try and get all the questions from the Vault members, and then as much on the Streamlab as I can. That tends to build up pretty quick. Uh, if, you, if you run out of time, I apologize, but uh, I'll try and get to them. I usually ramble, and if I do, again, uh, another sorry. Just a quick shout out there, Luca, first off. To oh. uh, Vengeance 13 Lad, or Lade, I think it's supposed to be Blade. Ten months. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Almost one. one year supporting Mini Wargaming Streaming. I and really appreciate that. One other one there is Starmex. It's a eight months subscribe subscription at Tier 1. So great for both of them. Thank you guys very much. Because without that support, we wouldn't be able to do this live. And we're slowly getting our way into more live streaming on Saturdays as well. If you were here, I believe last Saturday, we live streamed Aeronautica on its release day. And that was, that was really fun to be able to experience something very new with the audience. And I would love to be able to continue doing that. So without that support, it wouldn't happen. But because of this continued support, again, greatly appreciate it. And uh, we can keep doing this. The first question is going to be from Sasha Stormcrow. Where do you get your amazing cat shirts? Uh, here and there, there and here. There's not one location. I have found them. If you're Canadian, these might be American stars as well. Uh, Blue Notes used to have a bunch of them. They have since stopped. So I haven't gone to them in a while for that. But that's where I got a good majority, and that's where it all started. I used to get them as gifts. I, at first, I bought it because it's such a funny joke, and then I wore it all the time, and then people started buying it, buying other ones of the same degree as shirt uh, as gifts. And the easiest place, online, uh, of course, is online. There's a bunch of places that make cat shirts online. Uh, buying stuff online is always really easy. Sometimes the sizes don't fit as well as they should, but eh, it's the risk. It's, will, uh, it's worth taking that risk, I think. Uh, otherwise, I get them at Hot Topic, which is... Uh, <laughs> Very high school-like store. But here I am at uh, almost 28, shopping at Hot Topic still. I used to shop there when I was uh, in high school. And then you can get them at Spencer's sometimes too, which is just a more adult version of Hot Topic. And uh, there's various other random stores like Winners or Marshalls. I found them there too. Just all over the place, honestly. Uh, mostly online though, if you're curious. Today I'm wearing a uh, some sort of uh, a samurai cat who is uh, about to fillet a fish. And eat him, I suppose. Epic combat. The next question is going to be by CWILS65, Quills65. How is Lee doing? Haven't seen him in the open vaults. Lee is doing well. He is um, currently working on his world eaters. Well, he's healthy too. Like he's, he, he's doing well. He's, he's recovered from his sickness. He's doing great. Back on his feet. He's almost done his world eaters. Mostly? I think he said, I think today he told me 
they're over halfway finished, and my space wolves are not. Though I do have a unit of space wolves done. I have I have since copped out of painting my space wolves, and I have paid a very good painter to paint them instead, and um, he's currently working on them. So I'm pretty sure Lee's world leaders are going to be done first. Where I had we had made a deal, whoever like kind of a race. Obviously, he was going to win. But I'm like, ah, sure, whatever. And then I kind of hit a brick wall, and I never really climbed over that brick wall. And I since then have conceded. Next question is going to be by Krillin85. What's your favorite army to play? I'm going to assume that's for 40k or Age of Sigmar. Uh, currently, and this does change a lot, as I have so much material to work with, it's hard to stick to one. Now, if I had to choose, I think it would be the Legions of Nagash for Age of Sigmar. I'll give a 40k answer as well. I'll give a Horus Heresy answer as well. I think it'll be the word the word bearers for sure in the Horus Heresy. Maybe the Space Wolves. I haven't played as much with them, so I don't know. But uh, for, for Age of Sigmar, I think it's the Legions of Nagash, though sometimes they're a little one-sided. They can be quite powerful, but if they're playing against another powerful army, then they're they're just okay. But they tend to take forever to record, and it can't and it's sometimes not fun for my opponent to play against them. So I tend to not play them as much, or when I do play them. I tend to just bring them way down in levels to something that doesn't really have as much or near any synergy at all. I'm playing mostly generic death with a few extra rules, or access to the spells, I guess I should say. And then for 40k, my current favorite army to play... Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. I'm going to go with Death Guard. I think I just overall generally enjoy Death Guard. Though Necrons are a close second. I would, I would love... Space Wolves are probably my... The most fun to joke around with because it doesn't really matter if you win or lose. You're playing Space Wolves, you're pretty much winning all the time, uh, emotionally. Though most of the times, if I do win with Space Wolves, I only win by a margin of victory points, or I have like 5% of my army left on the table. That happens almost every time. So it's a very hard win with Space Wolves, obviously regarded as one of the worst books released so far in 8th edition. And yeah, I'd be Death Guard to Necrons. I haven't been playing a lot of Necrons recently because I, I don't know. A lot of people come in with Imperium, and I always find that it's always a good matchup to do something Chaos versus Imperium. So I've been playing a lot of Death Guard, but I really like my Death Guard army. I love the Bytelord Terminators. I feel like they are one of the few armies that represent Terminators very well. Obviously, the Primaris or the new Space Marine stuff, the newest Terminator is going to be like the Aggressor. That's the closest thing, which isn't quite a Terminator, but it's pretty close in that Gravis armor, so it's kind of cool. So I, that's why I like Terminators. What else? It was Terminators and Necrons were like the things that got me into the game. I used to think Terminators were so cool. Back in 2nd edition, they had that 3-up armor save on 2d6. It's pretty nuts. If you had a Storm Shield, you'd could you had, you, you, you'd have a 3-up armor save on 2d6, obviously before modifiers. That would be reduced if there was AP on the weapon. And then if you had a Storm Shield and you were getting shot at in the front arc, I believe, you'd have a 4-up to ignore the shot anyways. I don't know why they wouldn't do it the other way around. It's a little bit quicker. You just, oh, four up to another shot. Oh, I didn't. Okay, armor save. Doesn't really matter either way. Same odds, no matter which way you do it, kind of. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, I feel like the Death Guard Rivers and Terminus very well. I like their psychic powers. I love Demon Princes, and I just like uh, Nurgle. And I love the Death Guard. I love the Plague Marine. The new models are beautiful. So it's kind of hard to refute that. And it's kind of hard to say anything else is my favorite. I am going to go to a, s a question here from a Vault member. This is a... Uh, Oh, Zergalurgadurg, 14 minutes ago. Ah, uh, you barely just got it in in time, I see. I'm curious, do you leave these questions for other people? Zergalurgadurg? It's for everyone. Everyone has a Zergalurgadurg question. Okay, so I thought I was special. Turns out I'm not. You just have these for everyone. But I will play along still. <clears throat> Let me get my, get my breath here, because it's a long one. All right. Good morning, Terra! Today on this very exciting episode of Good Morning, Terra, we come to you live from the Mini Wargaming Bunker, and we are joined by that... Fun-loving, fuzzy, ferocious, friend of felines, Mr. Luka the Dicevich. That's a nice little addition at the end there. Uh, this episode of Good Morning Terror is brought to you by the monstrous people at the realm of Gur. Tired of dreary, depressing darkness of Shaish? Are the bright lights and bustling clouds of his ear too much for you? Do you want to get out of that iron reign of Shamon? Then what you need is a trip to the wild side in the realm of Gur. The towering force and homicidal... <laughs> The towering forests and homicidal wild, homicidal wildlife are just the thing you need to forget about anything other than your imminent disembowelment. Hear that? That's the call of adventure. That's the call of the wild. That's pure gur. 
plan your trip today at your local Realmgate. So, Luca, we have a lot of questions for you, so let's not waste any more time. Are you the resident Age of Sigmar death player? I'm sorry, as you are the resident Age of Sigmar death player, what do you think of the new army that's coming out? Okay, well, first of all, I'm hoping... I have no way to really word this. I want them to be Legions of Nagash, but with more interaction with my opponent, right? So, currently playing Legion of Nagash in the proper way, you, you, you charge into their lines, you swarm them up, you cover up the board and bodies, and then as your things die, they come back to life, your opponent really doesn't do a whole lot. And then if they do end up, or they have the potential to do something, your magic powers can really neuter that enemy. It's a lot of, a lot of maledictions, a lot of like life force draining uh, magic powers. And that in conjunction with really powerful skeletons, bringing your entire units back to life, or just being able to really dominate the board, is, uh, can be a little lackluster. Now, I have no idea what the mechanics for this, um, the Osiric something, something, something. I have no idea what their mechanics are going to be. Their Mortar looks amazing. It's a very nice centerpiece model. Anyone who just wants a cool-looking model might as well just go on and buy that and paint that up and put that on the shelf. Now, the rest of the models look really interesting. Obviously, Games Workshop upping their standards every time they release something new. Uh, their engineers, the not the architects, but the engineers who design these models are doing an excellent job. Age of Sigmar and the new 40K stuff are outstanding. So kudos out there and shout out to them because they are killing it. Definitely some of the best models in the world, without a doubt. Um, what do you think of the new army that's coming out? I, I'm excited. I, I'm not disappointed. I love the idea of this kind of uh, well, tithe-collecting, bone-construct, construct magical death army. It's literally a vanguard force of death that just marches, marches. And like all other death, it kind of fuels itself. When they kill more things, they collect their bones, they use magic to construct those bones or fuse those bones into each other and make these weird constructs or uh, just living soldiers. And then obviously they capture, or not obviously, but they apparently capture the souls of their fallen enemies or at least only the ones that are worth capturing and then they stick those into these constructs. And you have these immortal warriors that uh, kind of walk all over the battlefield. Very curious to see how they're going to come out. Though I don't really know any more than you guys do. So I'm about as excited as anyone out there is. As the Horus Heresy novels are getting closer to their conclusion um, with the Siege of Terra, how do you think this will affect the game? Ah, that's a good question. <laughs> do you think they should continue the narrative, possibly telling what happened to the remaining Primarchs? Okay, well, they could easily extend the Horus Heresy books with new rules uh, when it comes to the scouring. Now, the scouring, if you're not familiar, is the events that came after the Siege of Terra. So the Siege of Terra uh, went south for the traders, though they made good headway. Uh, they broke the wall down, they got in, they started fighting, the Emperor went up, epic fight with Horus, yada yada yada. And then after that, obviously the traitors were scattered, and they made their way to the Eye of Terror, or to any safe haven, really. And the Loyalists then kind of scattered out and followed them and hunted them down, and they obviously death to all traitors. And that was the scouring, and they could, that could literally go on. They could extend that for as long as they wanted. They could have extended the heresy longer, but it finally got to the point, you know, uh, they had Titan Death. Uh, they had all the other uh, fights getting closer to the Terra, so they had they had event, they were, that was actually getting closer to its conclusion. Anything any other filler would have been too much. Uh, obviously, already going to be I think at sixty books, over sixty books in that series. Ridiculous. Uh, they could just go on to the scouring though, which is I don't think it's been touched up on all that much. I don't know how many scouring books are out there. Actually, if you guys know the answer, please let me know. Oh, and if anyone's curious for Streamlabs, you can't ask another question until I've already kind of cleared yours. So again, I'll try and get through that quickly. So Zergalurgadurg always takes up a lot of my time, but hey, I always appreciate it. I, I would assume they would go to the scouring. Uh, do they, they, can, yeah, I would, they would continue the narrative, um, and they could easily tell what happened to the remaining Primarchs, because a lot of them afterwards simply went off on their own. Now, it's been retconned a lot, because I'm pretty sure like back in the day, the only one I can really think of from back then was Lehman Russ. I remember him, there was a little narrative blurb back in that old rule book where he was talking to one of his wolf lords, or it could have been someone of lower rank, and he was saying that his time is coming, he's old, he's dying, and then it showed him walking off into the horizon on Fenris to kind of just go off and die as an old man and never come back. But since then, he's been retconned to being in the warp hunting down uh, enemies. I think most of the... You know what? Surprisingly, a lot of people out there aren't aware. A lot of the Primarchs are still alive. The only ones that are confirmed dead are Ferris Manus. <laughs> now, a lot of people say, well, Alpharius is dead. Uh, or... Uh, Rogodorn is dead, but they're not confirmed dead, right? It was like, uh, you found Rogodorn's hand, the skeletal hand, where they have his skeletal hand. And Alpharius 
they could Games Workshop could literally make up anything and be like, oh, that wasn't actually Alpharius, or uh, it turns out it was a decoy, blah blah blah. All, all this good. There's there's a lot of stuff for that one. I think only the confirmed one is Ferris Manus. The oh horse, sorry, the horse is super dead too. <laughs> He's mega dead. Uh, but yeah. So a lot of these frameworks could come back. They're all just doing their own their own thing. Uh, all the all the trader ones are demon princes now, uh, in their own way. Like uh, Perturabo, uh, uh, there a lot of them are undivided as well. So like Perturabo and Lorgar. Uh, oh, sorry, that's not true. I forgot a Conrad Curse is dead too. He died after the Heresy though. It's kind of coming back to me now. But I think most of the loyalist ones are alive, or at least not confirmed dead yet. Regardless, uh, I would I would absolutely expect them to do that. Now into week seven of our Primarch Supremacy Tournament. Now this is the next part of the question. Well, third part. Each week we will ask a mini wargaming team member to pit two Primarchs against each other in head-to-head -head combat with the goal of crowning one Primarch as Supreme. All Primarchs in this competition are in their pre-heresy forms. Last week, Steve picked Magnus the Red to defeat Rogaldorn. Yeah, no kidding. Um, this week, we asked Luca the spookiest of boys, Conrad Kurz against the Lord of Plagues, Mortarion. Ooh. Now, Luca, tell us who would win. I think Mortarion would win that one. Uh, are we talking like game mechanic wise, like uh, with their rules? I'm pretty sure Mort Mortarian's durability at toughness 7 would overdo Conrad Kurz's ability to. I'm pretty sure Conrad Kurz is strength 7, and Mortarian's strength 7 with his silence as well. And I think Conrad Kurz is only toughness 6, and Kurz doesn't really have too many defensive mechanics. He's got hit and run, so he could very well like hit and run, charge back in, hit and run, charge back in. But I think because of Mortarian's pretty natural resilience, where he gets to roll 2 ill not dies taking only one success, would outdo Conrad Kurz's ability to fight him off. So I'm going to go with Mortarian as like a pretty hands-down easy win. Uh, even even narratively, uh, Mortarian gave Jagatai Khan a run for his money. And I, won't, I won't say in what book, but it was in one of the books, and they, they fought, and it, it didn't come to a conclusion. They had to separate, but uh, Jagatai was having a hard time with Mortarian. Mortarian's just durability. Right, that's the whole the whole point of him is his durability, and it depends on the battlefield too. Are we talking like some sort of toxic toxic fume world where like the the air is literally unbreathable? Mortarian could stay there forever, right? Under the right circumstances, maybe Conrad Kurz, Kurz could win if it was like um, they're fighting in the streets and Conrad Kurz literally hides and does opportune attacks and leaves and does opportune attacks. If we're talking narratively, but game mechanically, I think Mortarian would win. Uh, so I'll, I'll I'll say Mortarian. And then, that's all for this week's episode of Good Morning Terra. We now send it over to Rob with a report from the Imperium Nihilus, where we will attempt to say something. Rob. I'm up in the, uh, the Death's Chopper right in there, Luca, and, and <laughs> it, it, it's looking very, very crowded down there, full of death and carnage everywhere. I'm sorry, I, I can't talk while I'm going to the missiles. What you doing? <laughs> excellent, excellent. Nice. All right, next question is from Streamlabs. This is going to be from Kroll46. Boom. Hello, Mr. The Dice. What would you like to see the Necrons get out of the Psychic Awakening campaign? Oh, jeez. So, I think the only thing I've really noticed from the Psychic Awakening campaign that I haven't looked today, I think being Thursday, they released the Banshee stuff earlier in the week, the Howling Banshee stuff, and obviously separating the Eldar into more factions, or they could specialize into more factions, the Aspect hosts. I have no idea what they could conceive for the Necrons. What would I like to see? More internal balance in the Codex. Right now, there's only a handful of things that are really good, and just kind of feel it, it when you when you play those things, it just feels so obvious that you're trying to win, which is that's not a bad thing. But you never really changed up. I can't. I can. There's very few times where I could justify bringing my favorite way to play Necrons. Always used to be, well, Necron warriors are the answer to everything. They're pretty good at killing everything. They're not the best at killing everything. But no matter what my opponent brings, I know bringing Necron warriors on mass is going to be good, and I. Can't really do that anymore. They took that out of the game because they made... I don't know. Gauss? They, all, yeah, all they did with Gauss was make it an, an additional AP. It's just like, it's a bolt gun with AP1. But to be fair, bolt gun should have always been AP1, so maybe Gauss should have been AP2. I don't know. Necrons are in a bad spot. Uh, they're in a very bad spot. They would. I, I would like to see internal balance. Bring the bad stuff back up to par. Make the better stuff better. Uh, I like their stratagems already, so we can keep those. Maybe add a few more that are great. But uh, I think the dynasties are great too. I just, I just think the actual rules and the points cost for the units aren't that great. And I know there's a lot of people out there that can't stand fighting Necrons because they can't stand the idea of people getting models back. But once you figure out how to optimize your list or get comfortable with your list, you should probably have no trouble against Necrons. Now, I could probably bust out Necrons and win a few games here and there against uh, some opponents who come by. 
Uh, they're not hard to win with. It's just it's always the same stuff. It's always destroyers. It's always tomb blades. Doomsday arcs are really good. Where's the rest? Immortals. Like you have two troop choices. One of them is obviously better than the other. And immortals are just okay at best. So obviously immortals. So like those things, just because you kind of have to bring immortals if you want battalions, but you don't have to bring battalions. But you also want access to the stratagems or more access to the stratagems. What would they get out of the co like anything specific though? Oh no, maybe Triarch rules. Maybe more rules for the Triarch because currently the Triarch have one stratagem, and they actually take they don't get any of the dynasty rules. The Triarch are mostly there to oversee or to help out these dynasties as they're fighting. Um, the Triarch Praetorians get plus one to hit. They get plus one to hit or wound uh, with the stratagem in either phase. But that's it. I would like to see maybe more unique Triarch rules. Uh, new models? I would like to see a new Flayed One model. They'd be kind of cool. Or maybe maybe they release rules for entire armies of Flayers, like different models for Flayers. Like, not the Flayer models, but like um, an entire Tomb World of Flayers. That's a lot, though. That's like a whole new line of Necrons. That's probably too much. That'd be cool. An entire Tomb World, uh, multiple Tomb Worlds awakening as Flayers, but then leaving their Tomb Worlds and just kind of infecting other places, as they normally do. Uh, but I would like to see more than just the flayed ones. I would like to see different things too. Next question is going to be from Descent or Decent. Last week I asked Steve for Iron Hand supplement and he refers me to you. So that's what's your opinion and are you going to play Battle Report? Hmm. What do I think about the Iron Hands? I think from what they've shown, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm just going to go ahead and say Iron Hands are going to be top dog. Fear the shadow of the Iron Hand. I don't think there's, it's, you know what, it's not, even gonna, it's not even going out on a limb. I think the Iron Hands are going to be so good that, well, we have, we have yet to see what the Imperial Fists or what the Salamanders have to offer, but out of all four of the currently released books, and you can go online and kind of confirm this, maybe check out Reddit or uh, other sources. Uh, usually there's a lot of sources out there if you want to learn a good thing about the book. Uh, Iron Hands, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with the Iron Hands. And there's not a lot of Iron Hand players out there. And any true Iron Hand players out there, congratulations. You just got some good stuff. <laughs> and that's why I'll leave it at that. And I, I definitely will be playing battle reports of the Iron Hands in the future. They are pristine. They are going to be amazing. The next question, Sand Ghost. Hi, Luca. I am still waiting for a response from you. I sent an email on July 6th of January 2018. What? I usually respond to my emails. What did you ask? Okay, um, oh, the thumbnail on this, this one's a little too long. Rob, could you go back to, it's a, about three minutes ago or four minutes ago. This is by Sand Ghost. I have a, I am still waiting for a response from you. Was kind of interested in your Death Guard scheme, but I've already found one for myself. And then that's where it gets cut off. About 1420-ish. was kind of interested in the Death Guard scheme, but I've always found one for myself. But I already found one for myself. Cheers. Oh, it just ends at cheers? Question, it's more of a comment saying, he already found huh. a scheme for himself. I apologize for not responding. I usually always try to respond to my email. Sometimes I, I'm late by a few days or a week, but I usually always try to get back to them. I, I am sorry for not responding. Um, regarding my scheme, it was I wanted something different than the generic Green Death Guard, and I wanted something closer to their heresy armor because I assume their armor never really changed in the last 10,000 years. But the white was too white. I still like it, but it was too white. You know, it was like too clean for Death Guard. I wanted a dirtier original scheme, and I unfortunately used a white that was too white. Now, I could fix it. I could shade it, easily fix that. I just, I'm too afraid to try it and ruining one model and then not doing the rest. I guess like, there is one model I never use, so I could try that. I might do that. Unless people really like it and don't want me to, but uh, I, I think I might do that one day. Coming November of 2020, the Darkest Tig will be taking his iron hands to play them against you in November of 2020. <sighs> dun, dun. Now, no, that, that's scary. That is actually terrifying. The iron hands are menaces. They're going to walk over so many people. And yeah, yeah, they're real good. <laughs> the Darkest Tig. I'm working on a Redemptor plus Derideo Kitbash. Thoughts? Constructive feedback. Ooh, he's got a, an imager link here. Unfortunately, it's just text, and I can't quite copy-paste it. I'm actually not able to copy-paste links from, uh, from Streamlabs here. 
Ah, oh, hey, look at that. Cool. That's really neat. I assume you're going to be using it as a Derrideo then, because it's got the Derrideo weapons. Uh, if you're not a fan of the Derrideo, I 100% understand, because it's got that, that boat, the boat front. What's the front of the boat called, Rob? Is it the stern? Yeah. The stern's the front, right? I think the bow's the back. Where's the bow I think front? It's the back. I think the stern is the front, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So, assuming that the stern is the front of the boat, it, it has a stern as its like main chat, uh, uh, torso. It's so weird. Now, the Redemptor conversion is a good idea because it gives it a more uh, like Primaris 40k look to it while keeping the Derrideo rules, which are obviously very good. I think that's an excellent job you've done over there. That is really cool looking. I would love to see that painted up. I assume... Sorry, that's fine. You know what? I actually thought it was the bow too because bow sounds like it's the back, but then I remembered in my mind, but that's not right. So it must be the opposite. So the bow is the front, the stern is the port, the side? Port. Oh, well. Bow stern port. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I'm not a boat guy, so I actually don't know any of this. Regardless, the Derrideo has got a bow in the front of it. I guess it could technically be a stern because, you know, some uh, symmetry in a lot of boats. Uh, anyways, I assume that's going to be a, uh, an Iron Hand uh, Derrideo, so you're definitely in the right there, too. Iron Hand Derrideo is probably going to be amazing. The next question is by Lavarius. So, Psychic Awakening is going to be big on Psychic Powers, we assume. I assume so as well. Uh, actually, might have to go back for, to vote 1422 because this one's kind of long as well. Do you think Necrons will gain some sort of Psyker? Do they have anything in the lore? Maybe the shards? Do you think it gets cut off there? Hey, what is the from? That was from Lavarius. Lavarius? Yeah. At a boat around four, or 222. All right, so Psyker's Awakening is going to be kind of big on Psyker's powers. Yep. Do you think the Necrons will gain some sort of do they have anything in the lore? Maybe the Japan? Yeah. Do you think the Necrons could build an anti-Psyker? Now, I'm pretty sure the Necrons are going to get nothing regarding Psyche powers. More defense against Psyche powers, yes. I should have said that earlier in the previous question. I'm pretty sure that Necrons will get maybe more defense against Psykers. And for Psychic Awakening, we joke around the office, but I would... I would love to see Games Workshop release like endless psychic powers because those are super not useful in Age of Sigmar. But the new ones are getting better, so they're doing a better job. So a lot of times, Games Workshop in the in the last three years, they release something for um, they release Age of Sigmar, they flesh out the rules, and then everyone kind of really disliked Age of Sigmar. And then Eighth Edition 40K came out, and we we're like, "Wow, this is nuts! This is like really good Age of Sigmar. It's the Age of Sigmar core rules, but way better." And then Age of Sigmar Second Edition came out, and it was like. Wow, look at this rule set. It's like 40k, but way better because it's just got just better mechanics. And then they came out with the, at the same time, they came out with the Endless Spells, which we thought were all really cool at the time, but they were too pricey and they hurt you just as much as they hurt your opponent. And so you're wasting your own points to hurt yourself just as much as your opponent. So people stopped bringing them. And then the only ones that were good got nerfed and then they got points increases as well. And now they're starting to realize how to make the Endless Spells so that people want to bring them. And now with Psychic Awakening come out, coming out. Imagine Endless Psychic Spell, Endless Psychic Powers, but with the newer, better rules from what they've learned with the Endless Spells. Now, I doubt they'll do that, but it would be cool. I think it's just going to be a campaign supplement that just gives new rules and kind of gives a fresh look on a lot of these 40k armies. Uh, but I don't think Necrons are going to get anything Psychic Offensive related. Just more, maybe defense against Psychic Powers. The next question is going to be from a vault member. Uh, Nagrong29, three hours ago, at Luca. How have you found the new Chaos Warbands stacked up against the Age of Sigmar Warbands and Warcry? If you had uh, the new Chaos Warbands... Oh, against the Age of Sigmar War, Gotcha. If you had as many boxes of your favorite Chaos Warband as you wanted, what kind of list would you make with it? So I'd probably do... I don't know the Corvus Cabal that much. I would love to do them. I haven't looked at the rules in depth. I really, really enjoyed the Untamed Beasts. I would love to do two of the First Fangs, which are the Javelin Throw guys who have a rope, and they hit their Javelin and they pull. I would like to do more of the Beast Speakers and the Cat. Probably like no Planeswalkers or Prey Takers. I didn't care much for them. I wanted the more unique stuff, so I'd probably end up building an Elite thing. That or just a lot of Planes Runners. I'm not too sure. I definitely want two First Fangs and the Leader, and I'd probably just do that. Leader, which was the, I can't remember his name, Heart Eater, I think it was. Then the two First Fangs, and then I would take uh, the Beast Speaker and the Cat, and then fill out the rest of the points with maybe Prey Takers. I'm not too sure. Um, what do I think of the Chaos Warbands as opposed to the generic Age of Sigma army ones? I think the Chaos ones have way more unique rules. 
they really show off what they're meant to do better. Like the the undead one literally just like bring stuff back. They get it's it just their Age of Sigma rules kind of miniaturized and put onto a smaller scale for Warcry. Whereas I think things like the like the Iron Golems, they they throw bolas, they they have defensive capabilities, they have the banner guy, the the untamed beast. I love the ja- the guy throwing his javelin, and then he, he gets them impaled and takes the rope and pulls them. If they're on an upper level, they get pulled down. It's really fun. I think that they have cool rules that really show off a lot of fun mechanics for the uh, Chaos Warbands. But I think they did a better job with the rules on the Warbands, and the Age of Sigma armies were kind of a throw, not a throwaway, but a way to say, hey, you played Sigma already, you have these armies, so you can play Warcry as well. And if you want, buy the Chaos Warbands, because uh, they have cool, unique rules. And I, I think I would rather go with a Corvus Cabal build, but I think the Untamed Beast one might be really fun too, which is pretty much the, the build I said earlier. Now, the next question is going to be another Vault member. I'm kind of randomly doing it. This is going to be from Army17. Luca, I believe you read the Eisenhorn series almost twice over now. Who would you cast... Oh, no. You can't ask me this question, please. Who would you cast as them if you were in charge? Top three choices and why? Well, I don't read the books. I actually listen to the audiobook. So... Toby Longworth is like the voice of Eisenhorn. I don't know if he's an actual actor, but his voice acting is outstanding. And I would love for that voice to be Eisenhorn. And uh, I don't even know where they're going to go with the series. I'm very excited. I am very excited for Eisenhorn. I love that series. If you haven't read Eisenhorn and you love 40K, but you like the smaller scale inquisitorial stuff, it's very detective themed, right? He goes, tries to get leads, follows up on leads, bad things happen. He grows a whole party of followers. He's an inquisitor. He has an inquisitorial retinue uh, that he collects throughout his whole career as an inquisitor. I believe he he starts as, a, uh, as an inquisitor around the age of 24, and the stories follow him well into the age of like 350 to 400 years old. Obviously in 40k you have the juvenile procedures, the, Inquis- the inquisition makes sure if you're a good inquisitor you, you stick around. And it, uh, without spoiling too much, um, the first book kind of it goes into how he is, um, I think he I think he identifies as Amalathian, which is like the proper, true way, like purge the heretic, don't use any heretical um, knowledge or ideology to fight against the heretic. It's just the pure Imperium, uh, the God Emperor against evil in the galaxy. And there's also something else to go along. He's not a Puritan, but he's Amalathian. Oh, it's like a weird mix. Uh, and then it's just his slow, degrading process into heretical belief over the course of his lifetime as a, an Inquisitor. It's it's really good. Uh, who would I have him? There's so many good actors that can play him. Uh, all I know is Toby Longworth. You want, Rob, wants to be, Rob wants to be Eisenhorn. Have you read Eisenhorn? No. No, that's fair. All right. <laughs> but you want to be Eisenhorn. Yeah, I'll be Eisenhorn. You could probably do Eisenhorn if it was the second book. I'm saying you're old. I am old. <laughs> Uh, he was—he was—he was pretty young in the first book. He's in his forties in the first book. <laughs> but but like forty k forty, so he looks younger than what he actually is. In the first book, he'd be my age. Technically, yes. So maybe you could play him in the first book. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just he—he—he he, he looks okay. He's in his forties, but he looks like he's like thirty-two. I wish I had something to throw at you right now. You have many things you could throw at me. Well, Many Something things. The you got a camera right there. You've got um, the, 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 the soundy things right there. I can't remember what they're called. The mics. There we go. Mics. You have a keyboard. You have a monitor. You have the whole... What's that sound, what's that sound system thing called? The sound table thing? It's the, the mixer. The, you could pick up that mixer and throw it at me. You could, you could take batteries out of the battery charger and throw them at me. There's lots of things. Do you not want to throw stuff at me anymore then? No, I just don't want to throw something that will break. You could throw the chair at me. That will break. You mm. can throw mean words. No. <laughs> That's too much. Okay. Um, I have no idea who I'd cast as Eisenhorn. I honestly have no idea. I'm sorry, Army. I just can't. There's too many good ones. Uh, I've seen a lot of good suggestions online, and mostly I can't really remember names of actors either. I only remember that Toby Longworth was the narrator, and obviously Dan Abnett wrote the series. But um, actors who can play him? I don't know. And this is exciting, too, because it's like, I don't know if the first steps for 40k going mainstream, getting a show. Like, this cool detective show comes out. It's sci-fi. It's based 38,000 years in the future. 
what? That's crazy. The galaxy, Inquisition, oh, heretics, blah. And then maybe people figure out a little bit more about 40k here and there. Maybe they, they come our way. They, they get more into the game. It's just very exciting stuff. Next question is going to be from Clickyman, 14 hours ago. Luca, Grot Tanks, am I right? Keep up the awesome work. I'm going to assume that this is Mark then. So I had an opponent on Friday, pretty much a week ago, uh, and he brought a Grot Armored Company. So Forge World Grot Tanks that are weird. They're orky. Uh, we had a good game. I played Space Wolves. We did Open War. We got a cool, wacky scenario, and he had a Grot Armored Company. That game's not out yet, but the... Uh, Oh, sorry, expect that game to come out in probably a month and a half or so. So if you want to see Grot Tanks, Forge World stuff, a lot of conversions as well. He had, um, he had a couple converted Grot Tanks that were... Oh, I'm not a tank guy, so I actually don't know this stuff. Uh, like, a, it was yeah, that Russian tank. It, it's a, a big, dumb-looking tank. It's got a big, dumb, square turret on the top of it. You could probably stand up straight in the turret. And it's got, like, the turret, like, right in the middle at the front. It looks ridiculous. And then, apparently, it was a New Zealand tank. Josh knows the name of it. And it's, it's made out of, like, corrugated steel. And he... It was just awful looking. And Mark converted one of those up, too. So if you are a tank guy out there and you know what I'm talking about, well... Uh, KV-2 tank. KV-2, that is it. Yeah, KV-2 is the big, dumb square tank. And then the other one's, like, the New Zealand, like, corrugated steel. Like, literally, the corrugated steel were the, were the platings. And he converted that up as well. So it was good fun. Uh, that, like, obviously a poke at, like, Josh, because he loves all that stuff. And if anyone out there knows that tank, then I'm sure. Like, you, obviously, a lot of people in Warhammer tend to... Are army guys, right? They, they, they love the, the big, uh, big scary guns and all that stuff. Next question is going to be from Streamlabs. Huh? Okay, I'm kind of falling behind here. Jeez, I'm so bad at this. All right. All right, so this one is at 223, Rob. It's a little long. It's by Starmax, if you could read that out for me. 223? Yeah. So he starts with sorry for the big question. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. Hello, Luca. I'm going to be learning horse heresy thanks to Josh. Which army would you like to face slash should I learn with? Here are my favorites. Salamanders, Nightlords, Blood Angels, and Iron Warriors. This one I have some models for. Not much. Glad to come, glad to come play with you guys in January and learning how to play horse heresy. Awesome. Okay, well, first of all, I think the Salamanders are very easy to get into, so I'd highly recommend them. I believe the Blood Angels are sort of like that, too. Now, the Night Lords are a little more technical if you want to get good with them, because they have rules that work very well if you can make them work, but it takes a little bit more experience to do that. And the other ones, I can't, Iron Warriors, oh, they're super easy to learn, too. <laughs> Iron Fire, done. Uh, I would recommend Salamanders, though. Uh, or if you, if you're ambitious and want to do a trader and a loyalist, I'd say Iron Warrior Salamanders. Though Blood Angels are a good alternative to the Salamanders. I think those are your three best bets. I think the Night Lords, albeit they have an amazing looking armor scheme and they're really cool lore-wise, uh, might be a little too technical. Uh, I actually, I, I don't know much about them at all. I only know most, I actually know mostly about the other three I mentioned. So that's why I'll recommend one of them. And I, I recommend Salamanders over everything else. Because they have really solid rules. And they're very easy to play. And very easy to learn as well. Um, <clears throat> this one's by Defcon Clown. Between litanies, successor traits, and stratagems, you can get Primaris Reavers getting three to four extra hits on sixes. Yes. This is true. <laughs> Not much of a question, but I agree. Now, is this you trying to say that this, these are why Reavers are good now? Maybe. I still think... My, my, my overall issue with Reavers is I either make them cheaper... They're, they're not that expensive. They're pretty cheap already. They've already went down in points. Or make them more expensive. This is what I'd rather see them do. Make them more expensive. Give them one more piece of war gear that's unique to Reavers and some reason why you'd want to take them. Their grenade's not enough. Or give them another ability that makes them useful to take. Uh, getting three or four extra hits on sixes with, um, with a combat knife isn't that great. It's just strength four. Lots of attacks, sure. You can do Genrot Might, which is great too. Automatically wounding. But... I just don't see the reason why you bring Reavers over literally anything else. They need one more thing. Um, now, for another question by Descent, I thought the Shard powers were psychic. I actually don't know how to best explain this. They are kind of psychic. They're... They're... They're not, not alien. Everything's very alien in 40k. They themselves are like, they're literally shards of a god, right? These are just powers they have. 
they're, they, they, they imagine a meteor falling. So it, maybe in a way it is psychic powers, but it, it, it's, like they're, it's not like they're using their mind and someone else can combat, combat their psychic powers. Right? This is literally just them materializing this thing and conjuring lightning. They are other like otherworldly beings, right? They're they're almost like demons in a way. Uh, the shards of the the sh I call them the shards because they used to be one being, one godly being that the Necrons shattered and imprisoned. Because the only way they could imprison them is if they shattered them. Um, now that's very obscure how they did that because it was like 60 million years ago. But yeah, now, I could be wrong. They actually might be psychic powers, but I think they derive more from a fact that they are. Just a different, like a like a, a godly being, like a demigod, or even the shards are like demigods, stuff like that. Kroll uh, forty six. Do you know of any good Necron novels? Now I haven't gotten deep into any good Necron novels myself. I've had a couple recommended. They're in my emails saved right now, but there's so many Horus Heresy books, and I, I'm I am dead set on finishing them. I'm on Deathfire now. I don't even care about Salamanders that much, but I like to try and do like try and get through them all and I think that's like book 30 or something like that it's like over 60 so I got a ways to go now I've been skipping the fillers and the short stories because I found at first they were doing a short story um compilation book uh once every six to ten books I'm like that's actually a pretty good pace you have full length stories and then you have a short a bunch of short stories in a book and then you get a lot more stories and short stories again that, that was really nice now it's like every two books it's a collection of short stories, and then two books, short stories again. So I'm kind of skipping the short stories, so I'm skipping books here and there now. But I am currently on Deathfire, and I can't recommend any good Necron novels, because the ones I have recommended to me, I haven't touched yet. The only modern 40K books I've read are the Eisenhorn series and the Ravener series, where it takes place in closer to 40K time. All the other books I've read are in the Heresy so far. I'm actually I'm, I'm catching up on these comments. Nelvok, what do you like more? If which game matters, just go with this. If of oh, the game matters, just go with 40 game. Building, painting, or playing? Uh, playing, 100%. Uh, and then if I had to tear it, i go playing, building, painting. Can't stand painting. Uh, can I do it? Sure. Uh, I just, I don't find it relaxing. I find it uh, work. It, 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 it's like, I'd, I'd much rather just go like do house renovations or go do actual physical labor, like gardening, than go painting. It's just... I don't know. There's, I'm. I actually honestly think I'm probably just addicted to video games because when I get home and like I have nothing to do, the last thing I want to do is paint. I'd rather just go and play games with my friends or stuff like that. I. It's just everyone's got different preferences. Uh, I know a lot of people out there prefer just to play. I love playing. Now, since I started working here, I can't stand playing with unpainted models. So, a little uh, issue there. Now, I have painted my Death Guard. That's like the last big project I've done, and. They are more of an elite army, and it's not a full army. It's actually probably only properly 1,500 points, and I only use some of it. I had ambitious plans when I first built them. I'm like, it's going to build into this, into this, into this. And then I played with it. I'm like, oh, I actually don't like multi-guns on these guys. It's kind of worthless. Um, I, I, I should have built them as blight launchers instead, which would have been way more useful. And I had originally planned on doing like a Spartan build with a bunch of Plague Marines built into it, and then, then I realized, like, well, that's like a one-trick pony that people aren't going to want to see all the time. So I kind of, I, I, I stifled that build, but I still have the 10 close combat marines that I do use from time to time, just in different full forces. Uh, we were supposed to be getting a Death Guard Spartan a while ago, so I kind of held off buying one of my own. So I never actually ended up getting one, and I've lost steam on my Death Guard army. As it stands, I'm kind of happy with where it is. I would add maybe two more foul blight spawns and a squad of blight launchers, and to add a, I actually don't have a malignant plate caster for mine, so I'd actually add one of them as well. So a few characters here and there to increase it, but uh, not a whole lot other than that. The next question here is going to be from Big Mikey. Luca, thoughts on the new Age of Sigmar skeleton guys? Uh, guys, the name eludes me at the moment. It's the Osiric. You know what? You know what? I got the Osiric Age of Sigmar Osiric M. Uh, nope, that's that's so wrong. That is so wrong. I didn't even. That wasn't even close, guys. Oh, where's delete on this tiny little keyboard? There we go. Uh, you know what? I probably just go to Warhammer Community. What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm so awful here, guys. Sorry. Warhammer Community. Me, me, me. Bam. Big dumb skeleton, guys. I want to know what they are. I can't remember what they're called. It's bothering me. So they are. Learn to play. Oh, Beast Grave is up now too. Cool. Who is Pharos? 
Oh, the new chapter master guy for them. Yeah. Dr. Vulcan said it's uh, Osiric. Yeah, good luck. Bone Reapers. Is it actually the Osiric Bone Reapers? I thought it had like a weird. A bo it is the Osiric Bone Reapers. Hey, look at that. Good job, Dr. Vulcan. Thank you. So, the Osiric Bone Reapers. I think I answered this question earlier a little bit. Uh, thoughts on the new. Uh, also, how many Necron Lich Guard conversions do you think there will be with the new kits? Uh, probably. Like, there's obviously a lot of similarities between the the Osiric Bone Reapers and Necrons. Uh, they're both very Egyptian themed. Now, the Osiric Bone Reapers are very, 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 very close to the Tomb Kings from Fantasy. And this is, uh, I, I, I'm just going to go uh, go ahead and, uh, again, another limb here and say that this is Games Workshop's attempt at remaking the Tomb Kings into something newer. Mostly because the Tomb Kings, you can't, you can't trademark that. Those are just Egyptian skeletons, right? Now, the Tomb Kings are all about constructs and artillery, and that's, and praying. Now, if the Osiric Bone Reapers are all about praying and not magic, and they have their catapults, obviously, they're very similar to the Screaming Skull catapult, but much bigger. I think this model is going to probably be about this tall, if anyone's curious. It looks very large, uh, based on the picture and the, the, the little skeletons beside it. And they're all constructs, too. So they had the um, they had a lot of constructs as like their big scary monstrous infantry, but they also had skeletons as their core. Now this army can just have skeletal constructs, not actual skeletons, as their core forces as well, which I think is obviously very similar to the Tomb Kings. We'll see how it goes though. Uh, but yeah, I, I imagine there's gonna be a lot of cool Necron conversions for that. Next question here by Chica, see Chica, three days ago. Hey Luca, Mini War Gaming has been given the honor of. Dying for the Emperor and the Imperial Guard. Where in the Guard do you all end up and who gets what role? Okay. So all of us are assigned to different regiments or certain regiments. And what role do we fill as Imperial Guardsmen? Well, I would be an infantryman. And I would probably die. I don't think any of us would survive long in the Guard. I'm pretty sure the life, life expectancy of a Guardsman isn't very high. Unless some of us could opt to go to officer school. Maybe Matt will go to officer school. What would you do, Rob? If you were enlisted in the Imperial Guard, where do you think you'd be? Would you, would you just be a guardsman? Or I'd be, I would just be doing the killing. You'd be the killing? All right, you're yep. just at the front, killing as much as you can. Well, I'd, even if I was an officer, I'd still want to be up the front and just going head on into the enemy, no matter what I am, because that's where I would do the most damage, I would think. You know what? Opinion. I think a good rule of thumb for the guard is if something tries to kill you, you just kill it right back. Or kill it before it tries to kill you. Or ki yeah, kill it. Yeah, kill it before it tries. To kill, kill you. and then ask questions later. <laughs> I think, I think that I would uh, probably be an infantryman and die. Uh, if I could be an officer, I would love to be an officer. A commissar? No, I, I couldn't do. I couldn't do the commissar's role. That's that's harsh, actually. Uh, uh, oh, I would love to be a Vox guy. I could talk forever. <laughs> I 100% agree with you, Luca. There we go. I you could do definitely that. be a Vox guy. I could do that. I could talk on the radio for days. I could tell people that they're screwing up, that the boss man's pissed at them. I could I could do that all day. You know what? That'd be me. I'd be the guy on the radio saying, please don't kill me. You know, I'm just a messenger, but you're screwing up real bad, and you got to fix that, all right? Uh, Josh, he could probably be an officer. Uh, Matt could probably be an officer. I have no idea what Steve would do. Vito, it's hard to tell. Hard to tell. Dave? Maybe... Dave could be like a fanatical leader. What's like a, I don't know, what's a good fanatical leader for the guard? Just like amp people up, like almost like a chaplain. Because uh, I'm pretty sure like chaplains are a real military role, but the Imperial Guard actually don't have chaplains. Only the Space Marines have chaplains. So, I don't know. Just amp people up. Dave could amp people up. Um, maybe a good sergeant. Uh, Steve? Oh, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Steve would do. He would, he would go around telling people they're doing things wrong. <laughs> he, would just, he would just go around to He would be a traitor that's into the their regiment. They don't know who he is. He, oh, he'd be like they, a... Yeah, yeah, so he'd be telling people what to do that would make the other army win, I guess? Right, you sabotage. Instigator, yeah, sabotage. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was right. looking nice. for. Yeah, you know what? Right, Steve would be the sabotage guy. I would say Josh would be an officer. Vito, what, would, what do you think of the Vito? Hmm. Hmm. Psyker? He'd be a... Yeah, okay, yeah. He could be a pri well, primary Psyker or just a telepath. Telepath. Yeah. Nice. Well, there you go, Vito. You're not dying as an infantryman. In fact, I've decided that none of us are dying as inf infantrymen, especially especially Rob, because all he wants to do is just go forward and kill people, and he's going to make sure that no one kills him first. 
It's a good rule of thumb, right? If someone's going to kill you, just kill them first. Uh, the next question is going to be by either Tabe8 or Tabe8. Luca, why are you afraid to play against Josh in 30k? Man up and slap the beard off his smug face. You both are awesome. Stay cool and keep 30k alive. Okay, well, first of all, I know that no matter what I do, I could bring the most powerful list I could possibly imagine with all the models that we have here to face off against Josh and whatever list he brought. He could bring, uh, he could bring garbage. He could bring something good. It doesn't matter. I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose horribly. It's going to be embarrassing. The, I, you know, my, the whole concept of my show is just look at the dice, right? It's, I usually get often lucky with those cat dice. Sometimes they betray me horribly. It's just the, the nature of the game. Now, whenever facing Josh, I think I've only ever beat him once horribly. And there was the one time that the dice decided to go in my favor. But generally, he walks all over me. Beards, 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 beards. I just don't want to play anymore. It's just so discouraging. I am just, he's going to have his custodians in soon, and we're going to play a game, and he's just going to annihilate me. Uh, walk I'll, I'll play my word bearers. I'll try. Hey, who knows? Maybe I'll win. But it sounds terrifying. And it's just, he always, and to be fair, he always also plays elite armies, and I hate fighting elite armies, because they can be so swingy. They're either going to walk all over you, or they're going to, a couple, a few bad rolls for them could end in um, a catastrophe, right? It could be a catastrophe for them. All right, I am actually, I'm killing it here. So many, oh, and this one, okay. Be, because science on Streamlabs. Hi, Luca. Oh, wait, yeah. I got five more, in three minutes, I'm gonna be closing Streamlabs. So if you have any last minute questions, that, that's me going in overtime, I'm gonna answer them there. But you have three minutes to input a question. Otherwise, you're gonna miss out and you have to ask me in about a month. Or you can just ask Matt next week, because that works too. We have, because science. Hello, Luca. Besides wargaming, what are some other hobbies you have? Video games. <laughs> Luca loves video games. Uh, I love food too, obviously. Um, you play video games better than eating food. I've done that. I can't remember the name of it. There's one video game where you, act, yeah, you work as a team, and you're in a kitchen, and you have to like make food uh, according to demands uh, to the crowd, and you have to work together as a team. It's it's actually really fun because you you have to work together as a team. But if you're not doing your job properly, and all the other food screws up, and a lot of people out there actually probably know what I'm talking Is about. I don't know if it's called Diner. I don't remember the name. It's on Steam. You can pl I think it's on other sources as well, but I've played it with friends before. Uh, hilarity is always uh, happening because someone's always being dumb. Some people are dumb on purpose, which is also funny. Um, yeah, besides Wargaming with somebody... Uh, right now, obviously very obsessed with World of Warcraft Classic, as so many other people are. World of Warcraft Classic, it's... So this summer is bringing me back, folks. It's bringing me back to 2004... Uh, I am 13 years old. I'm just getting into World of Warcraft for the first time. Warcraft 3 has been out for like a year. I think the Frozen Throne just came out. Oh, life is good. <laughs> you're not worrying about adult life. You're just playing Dota. You're playing custom maps. You're playing World of Warcraft. I think I didn't even do that well in Classic. I, I didn't play Classic seriously at all. I got more into it in BC. I think I got to like level 40 in Classic. It just took me forever because everyone was bad at the game. Everyone was garbage. Now you go. Now you play Classic. Now everyone's very knowledgeable. Things, are, things aren't super easy. It's still as hard as it was before, but you know, dungeons aren't that bad. It still takes like an hour to clear one, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes less if you're in a really good group or if you're really out-leveled it. It's, Classic right now is an amazing experience, and if anyone out there has hum and hawed about it, you don't have to buy it. You just have to sub for a month. I say try it for a month. Play it out. The community is great for the most part. Uh, you, you, I've, met, I've already met a lot of cool people. Like, like Here's an example. I've been I've been playing World of Warcraft since Classic's been out, and obviously after after Wrath of the Lich King, I stopped playing it as seriously, and I kind of just played. At that point, you just play the game on your own. You're just looking for raid, or just group up with a random group for a raid because normal's so freaking easy. The the hard stuff is heroic and mythic, but you don't really care about that stuff anymore because you're not in a serious raiding guild anymore. You just want to do the content. Whereas back in the day, if you wanted to do the content, there was only really one difficulty. And then it was like 40-man. And then they made it 25-man. And then they released 10-man dungeons. And then they released the dungeon in both 10-man and 25-man. But you still have to take... You still have to be part of a group. You don't have to take it a little serious. Now, you, you play solo. I've been, I haven't met a new friend in the game since, like, Cataclysm. Which is 2010. So, like, what? Eight, eight years? Nine years? Now, I've been playing classic. You have to group up with people now because of mob tagging and all that stuff. And then... You, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, are you going to do this quest too? Yeah, I'll, I'll go help you on this quest. Or you run past someone and they're dying. You go kill the mob and you help them out or you heal them. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, you want to group up? That was really cool of you. Or 
you know, here has some of this. And, and it's just, the community is great right now. And, and the queues, the infamous queues, are not really a thing anymore, too. They're, they've, they've died down. Either people, because of the free trades, they've, got, they've gone to other servers, or a lot of the hype has ended, and the, the people that want to stick around are sticking around. Uh, but yeah, definitely World of Warcraft, big hobby of mine right now. So I'm going to be closing Streamlabs in 30 seconds if you want to include any more questions. Uh, Lavarius, next question. So Gotrick is OP. How many of you guys bought him? Uh, no one's bought Gotrick yet. People, yeah, Gotrick is very... He seems very overpowered. We have to look at it through, like, he's only good at killing. Well, that's not true. He, obviously, he's very good at killing stuff. You want to kill stuff in Age of Sigmar. He moves four inches a turn. There's no way to reposition him. So right away, you're going to run him, make it that six. So he moves 10 inches right away. And then he's still going to have a hard time charging anything on turn two, unless your opponent lets that happen. You can also always just screen him with very cheap effect, um, useless units. Like, say you have... Uh, Five direwolves, you're undead. You just you put five direwolves in front of him. You know, he's killed five direwolves. Great. I don't think he's that great. He's actually meant to be a big hero slayer. They Games Workshop built him to take down, uh, to give order a model that can actually go toe to toe with like Nagash, Archeon. Um, well, what's the big orc's name? And doesn't really matter. He he, he wouldn't stand a chance. Like Gotrick is gonna just tear them all to pieces. Obviously, it's what he's meant to do. He's built to kill the big bads of the other orders, and Gotrick's supposed to be the big bad of the... Sorry, the allegiances. He's the big bad of order. So he is that big unstoppable thing. Obviously, you can't take him off the board. He's actually... I wouldn't even bother trying to fight him. He's got so much durability, you just screen him. You just tie him up, and don't worry about him. Done. I wouldn't I wouldn't overreact. If someone brings Gotrick, don't freak out. Just play smart against it. Just like you'd play smart against Archeon or Nagash. You oftentimes just avoid them, or kill them when you're ready to. If you killed everything else... That one model is not going to make a difference. The game's all about scoring. It's all when you can win Age of Sigmar without killing a single of your opponent's models, then you know you're good at the game. That's the best. Try and play the game without killing anything of your opponents and just avoid combat and just go to the objectives and fight where you have to. That's how you play the game. Next question here. Oh, I got one more. You know, what? I'll do one more. I got one more vault member question. It's by Cuttlefish. I'll try and do this one quickly, then I'll get to the rest. Hey, Luca, love your content. Thank you very much, Cuttlefish. You often record your videos playing with your friends. I, yeah, I do. Yep. I was wondering if your employment in mini wargaming led to a greater connection with your wargaming friends, or would you say you're spending the same amount of time as you used to with the same people just getting paid to do it? Probably the second, because usually like every second weekend or every weekend we'd go out and hang out and wargame anyways. I'm trying to think. <sighs> because... They were getting back into... The, I got hired at the tail end of 7th. And honestly, they themselves were getting... I had gotten back in the hobby when 7th edition first came out. Now, they were getting back into the hobby. It died off a little bit. And then they were getting back into the hobby again towards the tail end of 7th. So honestly, by the time I got hired, and by the time they started playing more, I started bringing in Kenny about a year after I got hired. So it's hard to say. I, I, I continued playing Warhammer with them while I worked here. But I think I would have anyway. So I don't think it... I, I pretty much see them the same amount. Actually, I, no, maybe I do see them more through work because I'm pretty busy and work's a good excuse to see them and play war games, right? I don't know. It's, it's a good excuse to spend the, the Saturday working but still seeing your friends and playing war games as opposed to having to make some excuse up. The excuse is I'm getting paid to do it. So <laughs> I'm working uh, overtime, right? Um, I don't know. I think I actually, maybe I do spend more time with them. I actually don't know, Cuttlefish. Maybe it is the second one. It's either the same or more, but I'm actually going to lean towards I see my friends more because of my employment here and dragging them in. We all live in the same city, right? So it's just one drive-in. Next question here is by Nikki321. Hey, how do you and others at Mini Gaming find people playing or find people to play D&D? How do we find people to play D&D with? Well, we play in-house a lot. So I DM a group with Matt, Steve, Vito, Cullen, um, Matt's wife, Holly, a woman named Amanda. I think that's it. And then Matt DMs his own group with that same people, but instead of me, it's Derek. I only really want to play once every other week because it's, it's, it's a long drive to get back home from Welland, so I don't want to stay too late all that, all that much. Uh, and then I, I've also played at home just with high school friends. I've never actually had to go out of my way to try and find people to play with. Your best bet is honestly like your friendly local gaming store. Um, people are always more than welcome to include new people. I know for a fact in Hamilton, I can tell you three locations right off the top of my mind. That would be more than willing to take in new people to play Dungeons and Dragons with. Uh, I always found the community to be okay. The community nowadays 
is very welcoming. Back in the day, it was very, very much full of gatekeepers, and that was one of its biggest downsides. You're new to D. You're new to D and D. Well, eh, we don't really want to play with you, right? And it, it was very much stuff like that. Everyone really had their own groups. Everyone was like cloistered nerds, and they were only comfortable playing the way they wanted to play with people they were familiar with. People want to try and narrate their characters, uh, do different voices. That's not as easy with strangers around, right? So it's a lot less of that these days. A lot of people are more welcoming, and that helps with the new edition being way more inclusive as well. So both in parts by Wizards of the Coast, and with, uh, with that bringing in new people who are new to the community and therefore very welcoming. I recommend just going out to a store or any place that has D&D. Like board game cafes usually have D&D if you have any of those in your area. Or if you're stuck in the country, unfortunately, it might be kind of hard. Unless you go to like maybe your local library or any local area and maybe make posters or put stuff up or I don't know. There, there's going to be a way. There's going to be a way. People are always looking to play Dungeons and Dragons. Sometimes it's just a little bit harder. <laughs> Next question is by Harry Licious. Is anyone in the office playing classic World of Warcraft? I'm playing it, obviously. Um, Steve is playing it. Josh is playing it. They're on different servers though because they... Steve had promised to play with another group who refused to play on a PvP server. If anyone's curious, I'm on Incendius, uh, which is a North American PvP server. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can always email me. We have a guild that's... Uh, a couple of people are 60 already. I'm like 24. I have barely any time to play. I play like... I can play for an hour during the week on some days here and there. Maybe like two to three hours during the week. And then on the weekends, I have a lot more leeway to play. Uh, especially if my girlfriend's working. And I just kind of, I do what I need to do, and then I just wait for her to get home and play World of Warcraft. We usually have something to do when she gets home. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so Steve, Josh, myself, that's pretty much it. Couldn't really get Colin to play. We tried to convince him. But they're playing on a PvE server. I can't actually remember their server. Josh wants to play, like, very, like, incognito. He just wants to play the game like he used to back in the day. He doesn't want anyone to really bother him. Uh, Steve is playing with friends that he promised to play with, but those friends refused to play on the PvP server. And then he, he wanted to play with myself and my group because we were very organized. We already had a big guild before the game even started. Uh, I think we were at like 40 people before the game started. Now we're over that. And he joined up, but the queue on Incendius was so bad that like I couldn't play during the week anyways, but I'd try to log in. And I'd log in at like 6, and I wouldn't be able to get on until 11 p.m. So it'd be like waiting in the queue to three, for 3 to 5 hours before being able to play. Since then, that's been fixed. That's not a thing anymore. But the game was just such an overwhelming successful launch that everyone wanted to play. You know, it's been, people. the hype has been up for so long that people are in it. But yeah, uh, they're playing on a different server though. But you can always email me, lookatminiwargaming.com if you want to figure out who I am on Incendius and you can maybe join my guild if you want to as well. Uh, I'm not too sure what our plans are yet. Everyone's just leveling up. We might just get merged in with another guild. Who knows? That's usually what happens. Guilds, the bigger guilds, eat up the smaller guilds, take their members and make an elite group out of them. That always happens every expansion. Next one is by Dr. Vulcan. Have a wonderful day over there. Always a pleasure to watch your content. Thank you very much, Dr. Vulcan. And I will see you next time on the next Sit and Talk or the next live show. Starmex! Have a great day, Luca. Oh, thank you very much. And uh, the last actual question, I'm, I'm actually not going over by too much. I was pretty efficient today. I'm very proud of myself. I'm only four to six minutes over. Yeah, I know, right? This usually goes on for an extra half an hour. Uh, Nelvok, I'm very new to this hobby. Okay. Any tips you can give me for starting out? Ooh. Okay, well, first of all, go and watch the Mini Wargaming How to Play 8th Edition uh, Warhammer 40k video series. We teach you the core rules of the game, what to, what to watch out for, and stuff like that. Now, since then, there have been some erratas and FAQs that change things up, like how fly works mechanically and uh, stuff like that. Uh, smiting and all that stuff. But that's a good start. And for Age of Sigmar, I we do have... I'm pretty sure we have a How to Play Age of Sigmar series as well. So if you want to learn how to play the base mechanics of the game, we have resources for both of those. Otherwise, you can honestly watch any of the battle reports. We tend to keep all of our battles down to a very low power level. We do not play any tournament games, really. Tournament lists, so it's, it's not very complex. It's very much, this is the experience you want to get when you go to your local gaming store. I don't have time to play today, so I'm going to go watch Mini Wargaming play a game. Oh, they're playing Ultramarines versus Tyranids today. It's just you're very lax, kind of the stuff you almost never see. Uh, because nowadays, a lot of people like to all imagine they're very competitive and they like to all, like a lot of people like to bring very strong stuff. So when you go to your store, you kind of see the same thing over and over and over again. So now we try to bring different things and make them good. Right? That's what, that's what our overall, what we try to do. 
Matt likes to try up different things, narrative things all the time. I am very much, um, I like to bring, I, I like the old style way of building lists. You bring like one battalion and then you can augment it in certain ways. So I like a good uh, combined arms force, which is like some infantry, some tanks, and I just change it up from now and then. And I like to try and run efficient stuff. And um, I, ideally, that's the opponents I get too. So it's a very, a very matched game. So my games tend to go on for a while. Sometimes they're shorter, but most of the time, I, I try my best to make my games as long as they can go. Well, as as close as balanced as they can be, and just see who comes out on top with good moves and stuff like that. Uh, your your best bets watching anything with us, and there's also a lot of other great content out there from other content producers or other YouTube channels that cover how to get into the hobby. Um, your best bet: buy a star, find, find an army you like, and whatever system you like. Figure out the rules of the system, see which one you like more. Uh, more, more or less, you're going to probably fall in love with an army first. Buy the start collecting for that army, and then find a friend who's willing to teach you, and who's patient, and who won't beat you every game, because that's not what you want. You want someone who's gonna you're going to grow with. Ideally, the best way to get in the hobby with a friend who has no idea what they're doing either, and then you just both grow together, and that's probably the best way to go about it. Now, that is going to be the end of this sit and talk for this week. Um, two things I want to remind you, well, more at least one thing, um, and... I also want to thank all of the people that support us while live streaming. Anyone who subscribed throughout this entire show, I greatly appreciate it. Again, without your support, this does not happen. And we wouldn't be able to grow the live streaming effort of Mini Wargaming either. And next week is going to be massive. So if you want to check out his sit and talk, just same time next week, Thursday at 2 o'clock, you'll go live. And you can ask him questions live through Streamlabs, like myself. Or if you can't catch it live and you're watching this on YouTube, Leave questions for him at miniwargame.com, not YouTube. Those comments will be disabled, and he will try his best to get to all of your questions. As always, everyone, thank you for watching. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We'll see you guys next time, and happy wargaming.